Blog Talk Radio. <coughs> Wait, that's right. 
Old Catch the Radio. Oh, Measy, what's up, man? What's up, player? Old Catch the Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Soul Catch the Radio once again, live every Monday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I am Rick Camacho. We got Omizi on the phone. Brian will be calling in in a minute. Mike, I'm not sure if we're going to hear from him today. I just talked to him. He's, he's at work today, but we got a great show for everybody. Get in the chat room right now. The chat room is open. Today on the show, we got Cheryl Smith, CEO of CatchSocial.com. We got Bay Area legend Ray Love coming on the show at 12 o'clock today. And also, we got uh, author Marlo Wright. Who, who wrote a book called Suck a Dick, Save a Marriage. How about that one? <laughs> I like that. Hey, there we go. Perfect Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Hey, hey yeah, tell your wife to say Happy Mother's Day, man. That's real talk, man. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Yeah, so how, how, how did Mother's Day go for you, Amizi? Oh, uh, you know what, man? Uh... I would like to say I did something uh, super super extravagant for wifey, but I'm so I'm so lame. I'm so I was so tired from the from the uh, last couple of days of, of being on the road. You know, what I'm saying that when I got home, it, I had expectations of, and and you know and grandeur in mind, but uh, my body wouldn't allow me to do such things. But I, you know, I always try to make up for it if I if I fall short. So you know, we got we got something jumping off. You know, what I'm saying the next couple of days. Okay, cool. That that's wonderful. Me, I, I went and watched uh a Lakers documentary yesterday by uh by the by the great um Pastor T D Jakes, Bishop T D Jakes. It's called right, Jump right. the Broom. Jump in the Broom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. saw that movie. I went and seen that yesterday, man. Awesome movie. Shout out to T D Jakes, man, for, for putting together a an awesome movie and then you know, and I and I and I I put it there with the Lakers because because they got swept by the broom yesterday. So that was awesome. Yeah, they, they... yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. Did you, did you get a chance to watch any of that game yesterday? Uh-huh. Did you get a chance to watch any of that game yesterday? Yeah, I watched yeah. it, man. It, it, was, uh, it was a pretty good game until the, until the end. They start starting the convict. <laughs> Okay. Well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna jump right to the phone because uh, on the line we do have Cheryl Smith, and I know she doesn't have a whole lot of time. So Cheryl Smith, welcome to Soul Kitchen Radio. Welcome. Uh, thank you very much, Rick. Well, thank you for coming on, and you know you 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 got a hold of us through uh, after you listened to our Rodney Perry show, and so you know I'm a, I'm uh, I'm humbled to and and thank you humbled that you that you would want to come on our show. Thank you. Well, it's well, an honor. It's it's an honor to talk to your audience and to be a part of your show. Right, right. Well, let's talk about Catch Social. I'm I'm looking at the website right now. Um, it's obviously like a like a a dating a dating website. Can you talk about it a little more? Yes. Yeah. Um, we are an online dating site, and our focus is. Um, uh, uh, mature adults who are looking for long-term relationships. Um, we're also very different in that we, we offer monthly events uh, in a city near you. Uh, presently, we're in Los Angeles and in Chicago area, but always looking to expand. Oh, okay, so a city near you is that mean that mean uh, you're gonna be you're gonna be you're gonna be uh, what do you mean expanding? And you just have people in in LA right now, and you have people in in Chicago. 
Well, we're, of course, global because we have the uh, dating site. Um, and so we can reach anyone from New York, Atlanta, um, all the way to the Bay Area. That's not the limitation. Um, but we are planning uh, to have events in the fall and uh, for other cities besides Los Angeles and Chicago. Presently, we have an event that's coming up May 21st in the Chicagoland area. It's a wine tasting. Um, but we're also exploring uh, other markets. Oh, okay. So so you guys actually have people in, in L.A. and Chicago. So you're Absolutely. looking... So are are you looking to expand to get to get offices in different cities all across the country? Well, you know, how our events go, they're um social events. And so say for instance the third week of uh June, we may have something in San Francisco or Oakland area. Um and it could range from a salsa event, wine tasting, um but the the point is is getting back to the old school way of meeting another person. The catch to catch is that uh to attend the events you have to bring someone of the opposite sex who you think is a great find for someone other than yourself. So that could be your brother, that could be, you know, uh, a cousin, that could be a church member, that could be somebody you work with. Now, you know, you guys may not have any chemistry at all, but you're thinking, wow, she's a really cool girl. She should probably be with somebody. I'm just not feeling her. So, you know, the idea is that um, we used to do that for one another, right? We used to have uh, old school card parties and, you know, get-togethers where, you know, I know I know somebody that's great for you. Let me introduce you to uh, Paula or let me introduce you to John. Well, I'm bringing that back in a, a very new school kind of way. Oh, that's that's awesome. You know, that you know, we see that a lot on movies and then and then at the end of the movie, the two people who came together end up falling in love together. <laughs> you know? Well, that's the irony, isn't it? But <laughs> however you find the however you find love, you know, it's worth finding. Oh, Maisie, what do you think about that, yeah, man? Oh, I think um yeah, you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're there. No, I think it's cool. I think it's cool because I think it's so hard for people to find somebody nowadays that's not that's not a psycho or got some mental issue, you know, jumping off. So it seems like her, uh, like you know, your um, events, you know, it's like basically you bring in somebody that you vouch for. Like I'm saying, this is somebody I vouch for that he's that he or she is a good catch for somebody else because I'm not gonna bring I'm not gonna bring a psycho with me. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So if everybody if everybody brings somebody that they vouch for. Then it seems like it'd be, uh, you know, it'd be a good place because you know I, I always try to find, try to find out what these youngsters or how these people are are gonna find somebody. You're gonna go to church, you're gonna go to the club, you know. It's like so few, you know, like you know, I don't know what the ratio of of women to men is nowadays, like seven to one, and you know, and most of uh, the females, um, you know, I, I don't know if they, they motives, what motive, what their motives they looking, they looking for. So. Well, and, you know, you hit on a very good point, and that that is why um, the catch is very important, you know, um, because when you put yourself into a nightclub setting, yeah, you do have eight, 
nine, ten women to one guy, depending on the market, right? Um, and it does two things. For women, it, it automatically turns on the competition factor. Do, am I looking better than her? She's not even focused on the guy anymore. And for the guy, he's focused on all these women. It's a kid in a candy store. So even the best of men would have the intention of finding a good girl. But if you got a choice of ten good girls, why not get ten numbers? Um, the way our events kind of play out, we have about uh, 25 guys, 25 women, um, and it's, you're not overwhelmed by the numbers, right? And as you pointed out, it, you really, it really is a great compliment for someone to say, hey, why don't you go to this catch event with me? I think you're pretty special, you know, and so it's, it's a couple of things going on, and I'm glad you picked up on both. So, I heard, um, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, man. Well, there was a, there was like an online website that was getting sued. Um, I forgot the name of it, but basically, it was, it, it was like somebody who was a psycho. They got a female. They got end up getting with a psycho, and you know, so it's like so so they were getting sued because they the screening process. What's your screening process? Do you have like is it like a checklist? Like what is your screen screening processes as far as finding somebody? I think that was Match.com that was, that just got sued. Was that Match.com? Yeah, somebody that got like raped and some more stuff, right? Right. And so what and you know it's interesting that uh they that company responded the way that they did. At Catch Social, first of all, you have to be over 21 to participate. Secondly, you're you're not there to chat online and for the hookup. You're you're it's laid out that the people who are uh a part of our community have already stated there are only three options when you join, that you are looking for a long-term committed relationship, you're open to a long-term committed relationship, or you want to be married. So can I weed out all of the cycles in the world? Absolutely not. That is virtually impossible. And for Match.com to even put themselves in that position where they're making that type of promise they're only setting themselves up for further liability. That's just my uh, observation, that it's totally right. impossible to look at someone on paper and know how stable they are. But why our events are uh, our in-person events are so important. Yeah, you can pick up crazy when you're in a room with 25 other people. You know, you can look them in their eyes and like, eh, no, I'm thinking that's not a good thing. You know, and so you can keep it pushing. So you don't necessarily, um, you're not having these blind relationships online. Because let's be honest, I on paper, I could probably be, you know, the next Michelle Obama. But then when you walk in the room, you know, and you meet me, I might be, you know, Shanene around the corner. I don't know what you're looking for. And once you, know, you start talking, that, that's when it all starts coming out. Absolutely. Right. And so our vetting process is, is organic and it's real. It's not these false promises that um, uh, these larger companies are making. We're saying, look, you're an adult person. Let's be responsible. You know, we already know you don't put your phone number online. You already know you're not posting pictures of your kids online. Right. You know, there are some things that you have to do as an adult to be safe in an online environment. I'm mm -hmm. saying do that. But also be honest with yourself. 
what are you looking for? Are you looking for someone who can string some sentences together and and know how to punctuate <laughs> in, a, in a, a paragraph? Yes, maybe. Yeah. Or does that not even matter to you, but you're looking for the cool factor? Well, you got to come out to the event to get cool. Right. So, you know, it all depends on what you're looking for, but we offer it on two platforms. Yeah. Now, I'm looking at Oops. your at your website here and fifteen dollars a month, nine uh, six months. Was that six month membership? Fifteen dollars a month. What is that about? That's right. What do you, well, what do you get for for fifteen dollars a month? At a, on we're a incentivizing. Website? We're incentivizing people. First of all, that that is very competitively priced. Um, if you go to the other websites, they, first of all, they want to know everything uh, about you, and so you're spending 25 minutes to a half an hour filling out these surveys. Right. We keep it simple. You know, all of that is not necessarily serial, uh, necessary. Most people want to uh, get a statement about your life, and if they want to know more, they can ask. Right, um, yeah. and so th- this is yeah, we try to keep it simple, and so we're actually offering uh, the online is six months of you being able to contact other members, to, you know, so you can do your own vetting process, and then you guys can say, hey, you know what, it's an event coming up. Um, in June or July, why don't you meet me there? You don't have to do that, you know, drive-by coffee run, right? And, you know, so you can actually come out to an event, have some great food, some great entertainment, and and meet some really special people. Now, do you get free tickets to the event with with the membership? No, no. That's just the the member um, the membership is so you can connect with people for that you know one month, three month, or six months, however you decide uh, you want to uh, join as a member. Um, you can post on the online forum, and we also have um, uh, some blog spots. Um, so it's it's things to do online. But if you want to come to an event, the events um, over the last few months have only been, you know, $20 for two people or $40 for two people depending on the event. So that's still extremely affordable because, hey, let's be honest, once you go to the club, you spend two drinks, pay an admission fee, uh, fee you didn't spend $50 just for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and My right. well, oh, Rick, you sound like you popping <laughs> bottles if you're doing $200. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going he all out. He go all out. So he go nah, all out. He gonna give you the, he gonna give you everything. The roses, you know, he he do the whole thing. You go okay. with me. That's my wife. You go with me. You ain't getting nothing. You get you gonna get in, <laughs> and hopefully we are gonna swing you in admission, and 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 we'll see we'll see after that. We're gonna okay. Try I'm the cheap guy. I'm the cheap one. I doubt it. I I highly doubt it. You should actually you feel, uh, come to one of our events soon. How you feel about the um, the speed dating? It, it, like when you talk about, I'm thinking like forty, like the movie Forty Year Version, how they had the speed dating. How you feel about yeah. those? Well, you know, I'm not. You know, we have people who that's their shtick, that's their thing. Um, that doesn't necessarily work for most people because I don't know how much information you can really get in three to five minutes. You know, we don't have um, restrictions on how people interact other than to be respectful to one another. So if you find a young lady at one of our events or a young guy at one of uh, the events that you think is really, you know, you you're feeling them, then you're free to talk to them all night. 
you know, I, you're an adult. You can do what you right. want to do, you know. Um, and so our events are not, um, you know, these microwave type of false type of conversations. This is, again, a very organic, old-school way of uh, really getting to know a person of the opposite sex and taking your time with that thing. And as the two of you are adult, adults, then it's it's relying on you to be pretty, you know, uh, responsible in how you interact. But that's right. not my job to tell you how to uh, meet that special person. I'm helping you meet that special person or facilitating so you, that. So you guys, uh, you guys accept married couples to come also if they want to swing or something if they're looking oh, for. Oh well, you know. Again, that if you, if you're swinging, that ain't none of my business. I'm not here to judge that. Um, however, I, I would say that these are for people who are looking for committed relationships. So okay. you know, the, this, this is definitely state. not exactly. This is not a swinging set. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Peter Parker is looking for a swinger club, and and so he 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 thought maybe that's why he came on. He wanted to see if you had it open for him, huh, Peter? I see him out there. He's in the he's in the chat room talking about it. Okay. okay. So so Cheryl, um so so married couples come. What if what if somebody's married and one of your one of your one of your clients say, Hey, wait a minute, I met this guy but he's married that then then what happens then? Is it just on them or do you automatically get kicked out of the program? Oh, no. I, I mean, if you want to attend, because, again, uh, last month we had a performance, um, uh, Love love Songs and Poets. So we had uh, some really dynamic poets come out, and um, we had a fantastic singer, um, performer, ranger, writer, um, Solomon, and they had a fantastic uh, performance. So if you want to come out and enjoy the performance, and whatever – else adults do, I don't dictate that, you know, but again, this is geared towards single mature adults who are looking for one another. What else happens there? I'm not the uh, the warden of my events. I'm just there to make sure that people are having a good time. Okay, good. Well, uh, hey, if anybody wants to call and you want to talk to Cheryl right now, 714-694-4150. Um, also, the chat room is open. Cheryl, I think we, I think, uh, I think we're going to have some callers here for you in a second. But we, okay. we do have, we do have Marlo on the phone. Marlo, you there? Marlo, right? I am here. Hey, Marlo, how you doing? Are you listening to this conversation here with Cheryl? I am, and I'm loving it because I'm actually in the process of writing an article called "Can Money Buy Love." So I'm oh, loving fantastic. it. Oh, fantastic. Well, well, everybody know Marlo Wright. She's she's on the website today, SoulKitchenRadio.com. You can pick up her book, Suck a Dick, Save a Marriage. How about wow. that, Cheryl? Forget <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, forget a social site. You could just do that, huh? Well, you know, that's not working so much for single women. I, I'm thinking that you need a little oh, bit of a commitment God. before you go out there and doing all of that. Hey, Cheryl, we do have a caller for you, though. Uh, we've got a Russian caller. His name, is, his name is Vadim. I think he's looking for love. Vadim, okay. are you there? Uh, yes, yes, I'm here right now. Uh, I do have a question. I want to meet a nice uh, female uh, that will not slap me uh, on the first date. Uh, I want her to be nice and beautiful and uh, for her to like Well, cheese. wait a minute. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why is she slapping you in the first place. You're, are you a good guy? 
I find myself to be a good guy. I mean, I I, I try to give them massages. Uh, you know, I figure he only gonna know, make my call. Right. Okay, well, just uh, log on to the site, www.catchsocial.com. All of your listeners, um, if you we're offering, um, if you log on now, then within the next hour, we'll go ahead and um, uh, make your, uh, your membership free for 30 days. So you can try it out, add your picture, add something to your profile, and then and uh, you can uh, you take guarantee it from there. that you can... You can set me up with a right woman that I can take uh, with me to the woods and get uh, romantic uh, pretty quickly, or uh, is she uh, going to No, I, I don't know about that woods thing. That sounds a little dangerous, too. So I don't know, uh, you know. Because that's why they keep slapping me, because I keep trying to bring them to the woods? Yeah, I'm thinking that's it. That's but good it. luck to you. I, I really hope that you find love. Well, good luck, buddy. Well, get that, get that membership. Yeah, and you guarantee, not to, you guarantee not to block my membership within a week. Um, well, if you're using profanity or you're um, insulting our users, then, uh, yeah, you, there are some rules of engagement, so you might want to keep it clean. Yeah, Cheryl don't play. Uh, you hear that. Cheryl, you don't play. you serious about your thing. I like that. I'm sure you you will come over and slap me personally. Well, you might like that. I, I'm afraid of that. <laughs> no yeah, more drugs. Just, uh, you, you, you caught me. You caught me. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go set up, uh, and it's okay to post uh, nude pictures of myself? No. Um, we don't have any nudity on the site. No nudity on the site. Okay, that's good. What no about nudity. So how do, how, do you, how do you get away from, like, the single men that are just, that are just uh, thinking they're going to hook up with somebody or, or well, something Well, again, it, it, you know, I, I do th- as much as I can as far as uh, laying out what the ground rules are uh, for CatchSocial.com. However, um, we do the best that we can. Um, if other users tell me that we have someone who's um, being a predator or um, or being insulting, um, using profane language and, and derogatory um, slurs, then they they will be blocked. Um, we we definitely are a serious site. We're um, trying to reach out to uh, the audience that is not being addressed right now, uh, and that is the mature adult who's looking for a committed relationship. Um, you can go to plenty. Of, you can go to any other uh, website and do all of the playing and you know showing your whatevers to whomever. That that's totally um, up to you, and it's a free world. But catsocial.com is for the mature adult. Okay. I think I have reevaluated it. I will sign up. I will post pictures of myself dancing and having a good time. Uh, meet a nice woman. And then I will bring her to the church, maybe. Yeah, maybe. That sounds good. That sounds good. Look, no more drugs. And then to the woods. That man. And then to the woods. <laughs> All right, Vadim. Well, thank you, Vadim, for calling in. Uh, go join CatchSocial.com, and I'm sure maybe one day you'll actually get a chance to meet Cheryl, and that'll be wonderful. Thank you. Beautiful. All right. Thank, thank you, everybody. All right. Bye bye. Thank you. Peace out. All right. So. <laughs> So that was an interesting call. We we get some of those from now and then uh, yeah, on, on and our show. We got we got a very diverse crowd that's listening to you right now. That's fantastic. And uh and Marlo, so so 
So jump in this conversation, Marlo, because you're on there. And, and once again, Marlo's book is available on our site, soulkitchenradio.com, uh, Second Dick, Saver Marriage. And so, oh, looks like Marlo, somebody just hung up. Who was that? Marlo, are you there? No, I'm here. Okay. Okay, go ahead, Marlo. Let's talk. Let's talk about it. Um, well, my book actually is for um, single, it's for men, it's for women, it's for gay, it's for straight, all people, um, all ages 18 and, and up, because uh, really it's talking about being more positive, putting something positive like praise and encouragement in your mouth um, instead of being negative and nagging, berating and belittling people um, and then expecting them to act the best that they could possibly be. So um, my book is really... What I learned out of my first marriage, um, which was a domestically violent situation, and that was my first book, and although I know there was nothing I did to merit that abuse, um, that verbal and mental abuse, um, I still felt that, like there were some things that I could have done a little bit better just as me being a person. Um, and so that's what this book is really about, about uh, healthier communication, um, understanding the dynamic of a relationship, and um, healthier sex lives and so it's really been reaching out to a lot of people, and people love it. So are you are you single right now, Marlo? I am actually. So would you? And I have a blog that I write on that. It's cutierun.blogspot.com, uh-huh. and it's all of my dating hilarities, which are helping people see red flags. Oftentimes, a lot of women they see the red flag, but then they say, "Oh, well, we can work with that," or "Oh, we can fix that." No, there's too many men out there. Cut and go. Like what you see, it's over with. And and let me tell you, I I strategically planned this because I wanted Cheryl on the Smith Cheryl Smith on the phone when you called because I thought the two kind of went hand in hand, you know. And and not not a I understand what you're saying, not the whole suck a dick save a marriage thing, but the whole the whole coming together as a, as a couple thing. And I thought I thought catchsocial.com with a book that's trying to save relationships would be an awesome tandem to go together. Cheryl, did you? What do you think about that, Cheryl? I, I do agree um, in that there is a lot of um, uh, of um, attitude shifts that have to uh, take place um, if you're going into something negatively, as, and, and instead of being positive and knowing that there's some possibilities for some positive interaction, then yeah, you've already defeated yourself. Um, so I really like the idea that she's keeping it positive and that she's trying to reach out to the people's higher nature, right? But also. Um, what she said about uh, trusting your instincts and your radar. That's absolutely what it takes nowadays. Um, I think people are ignoring their um, instincts about what is right. But also, in the very beginning, before you even get out there in the street and, and call yourself dating or courting or whatever you're doing, you need to be clear about what you're looking for. And so, you, um, similarly, we do have a blog that talks about uh, those types of decision-making uh, skills that are needed um, to have positive relationships because if you don't know what you're looking for, how can you ever be satisfied with someone else? Um, so I really like the, uh, the theme of her book and where it's going. Good. And well, we are- to that point, Cheryl, I'll say, I'll add that 
oftentimes I find that people even don't even understand how negative they are and how that brings about negative manifestations in their life. For example, like what you said, uh, people need to know what they're looking for. And it's so interesting because most people can't tell you exactly what they're looking for, but they can tell you everything they don't want. And That's when right. you start listing the things that you don't want, usually those are the things that start coming towards you. Well, because that's what you're focused on, you know. So what exactly. we're focusing on is what we bring to ourselves because it's it's just putting that energy out. And, again, turning that thing around and saying, okay, I'm looking for a male or female who's positive and has a full-time job and has an X amount of education that, you know, is able to love me wholly, fully, um, and those types of things. If you start um, articulating that and can have that as a reasonable list. Now, you know, when your list starts to become um, I need a Jay-Z type of guy who's making X amount of money and driving this amount of car, then you need that's okay, but you have to then look at yourself, are you the Beyonce? You know, are you bringing something to the table that is worthy of the status that you're trying to get to? So, you know, we have to be careful about um, our, how realistic our goals are and, and who we're trying to attract. Right. You know, I think maybe Chili needs to come talk to you, Cheryl, because she's having a hard, <laughs> she's having a big problem on her show. <laughs> Well, you know, if, if we're talking about um, the sinker chili, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm, that's her thing, and I will never, ever, ever knock somebody else's hustle. Right, right, yeah, she's never what chili wants. Well, Cheryl, I know you got a, a busy day today, and we want to thank you for coming on the show. So, And I really, really appreciate it, and I encourage everyone to visit uh, catchsocial.com. Uh, sign up for a free account, and we'll make that a free 30-day account for you. That'll be wonderful. Cheryl, once again, uh, you're you're awesome. I I'm, I'm thank, want to thank you for coming on the show. Oh, and, and uh, let me give you the details of the um, event in Chicago. Oh, it's yeah, over at the Little Black Pearl on May 21st. Um, we're having a wine tasting. It's uh, being sponsored in part by ZuriWine.com, um, and so it's going to be fabulous. We'll have plenty of food, plenty of entertainment. Everyone will have a great time. You have some Chicago deep dish pizzas and some uh, some hoagies. Uh, Chicago's so much greater than that, but yeah, that that's about the gist. Just think yummy. Where are you uh, originally you from? Right. Are you from LA? Or are you from Chicago? No, I'm originally from Chicago. I live okay. in Los Angeles. Okay, good, good. Well, okay. okay. Well, thank well, you thank again. Well, thank you very much, and I really appreciate the time. Good luck on your book, sister. Thank you. All right. I'll be in contact with you, though. I want you guys to follow, follow Cheryl at, at Catch Social on Twitter, at Catch Social. Yep. And we're also on Facebook. Uh, it's Catch Social. All right. And, All righty. Uh, thank you, and have a great one, guys. You. All righty. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks a lot. Um, and Marlo, you're back on here. My man Brian just got on the line, and I think he's I think he 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 would love this one. Brian, what do you think of a book called "Suck a Dick, Save a Marriage"? Brian, okay, he's not there. Okay, anyway, Uh-oh. so we Marlo, him. <laughs> yeah, we scared him away. He, you know, he's he, he's our guy. He's down in Miami, and I I don't know what he's talking. About. You know, our big thing was. I, I put it out there that you were that you were coming on here and, and I put the put the name of the book 
and I had a couple of people think that you might have been a man from Atlanta. So yes, I get that a lot. I get that actually that people think I'm a man. They're like, "There's no way a female wrote this book." Yeah. Yes, I did. I'm a female. I was born that way, and <laughs> that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. So, so how long how long have you been uh, you've been writing books? Is that your first book that you wrote? This is actually my third book that I wrote. Um, I've been writing published books for the last since oh five. I think the first one came out. Um, and I've been writing forever, though, since I was in um, college, proofreading, copy editing, all of that good stuff. So articles for, I was actually a furniture major, a home furnishings and marketing major in college. And so and I've been writing for a really at? long time. Where did you go to college? High Point University in High Point, North Carolina. I'm originally from L.A., though. I'm from Carson. Okay, 972, is that uh, is that North Carolina? No, that's okay. Dallas. You're in Dallas right now, or you're in North Carolina? Yes. No, I'm in Dallas now. Oh, okay. You're, you're all over the place. I am. I am. I'm looking to move up to New York. Uh, not too long, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, good. So, um, so just to just to talk a little bit about the uh, about your college life. Did you did you pledge anything? I did not. I was a me by me. My roommate and I were, you know, just best of friends and. I just I didn't have time for all of that. I had really bad experiences in college. Um, I had to take the some, I had to take some folks to the the um, what's it called the the, the police station basically because they threatened me over some craziness that had nothing to do with me. So no, I stayed out of all that. I just hated oh, the basketball players. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a I'm a five beta sigma man, so I, I I always ask that question. You must have gone to school up north. I went to I went to Sacramento State out here in the Bay in California. Okay, okay, yeah. Most of the five beta sigmas I know are from like Jersey, Philly. Right, you know we kind of we kind of run run the country. We love it, mm-hmm. and I'll say that proud. Oh, Meezy's he's a me five me too. He's a he's a he's e forty bodyguard. He just Knocks anybody out who gets in his way. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm cool with everybody, you know. I know everybody. I knew everybody. I was cool with that. But when it came down to some of the stuff that they were trying to do, no, I couldn't, no. We're going to have some issues. All right. Okay, Brian's still on the line. Okay, Marlo, we're going to get right back to you. I want you to stay on the line. We're going to talk more about your book. Everybody get her book on SoulKitchenRadio.com on the show page. There's a link right there. Take you straight to Amazon. Pick up her book. Right now we're going to get into this new uh, this new, this new song from an uh, artist called No. He's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. He's from Bebo, Baltimore. It's called Big City Boys right here on Soul Kitchen Radio. Check it out. Hey, I mean, I'll see you before. Yeah. Yeah. The Baltimore banger, baby. Right. Bird gang, baby. She drank down. Huh? She know the name, know the difference. All the girls with skirts this high. Come on, yeah. 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 
Sitting on chrome, blowing that bone, moving that coke, yeah, yeah, nah. All white coupe, B on the wheel, doing it multi, ain't I? Too much flash, throwing up hundreds, instead of them singles, ain't I? Supplying them boys, pushing them toys, like Chris Pringle, ain't I? Money machine and heroin and green to spot, I'ma get that. Whatever your pack be made in a year, I can push that, put a wrist that. Balling away, dripping in ice, Baltimore, Baltimore, wearer. Billy is on, visible roof, sky can't get much clearer. Running with stars, running from large, running the world with a hammer. Playing my cards, party with broads, showing my kids and manners. Whipping the work, curling around, bringing it back, moving the beam, measuring that. Then shower the members all over my chin. Come on, baby boys, and we jamming in the street. We bottle popping and we standing on the street. Your girl's fine, I think she's the one with me. Uh, his name is N O E. No, 
He's from uh, he's from Baltimore. Okay, that was pretty good right there. Yeah, he's uh, he's coming. He's coming on the show in a couple of weeks. I've been talking to him back and forth with Twitter. So we're gonna get him. He's representing the BMO, the uh, the home of the wire, and all that stuff. You know, so I, I like that song. And we got we got some more new Baltimore. music. Baltimore, man. Okay. Baltimore. That's but tough. anyway, we still got Marlo Wright. She's still on the phone talking about her her new book, Suck a Dick, Save a Marriage. I like to go into that title. What's the break down the title for me? How'd you come up with that? Well, um, the title actually came out of a conversation with a pastor friend of mine. Uh, we used to get together every quarter or so, and he had recently gotten married, and I was asking him how the marriage was going. And he was like, oh, the, the typical nagging and being negative has kicked in. And I was like, oh, no, well, at least tell me you're still having sex. And he was like, no. You know, she was having some issues, but the doctor cleared her, but she still wouldn't give it up. And I said, well, damn, at least tell me she's sucking your dick. And he was like, no. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like, if more women would just shut the hell up and suck some damn dick, more marriages would be saved. And I went on yep. about a 20-minute rampage of just being on my soapbox of, you know, how women <laughs> really need to be more cognitive, <laughs> thank you, and pull back, fall back on men because men are so simple. Sex, recreational activities, peaceful atmosphere at home and food, and they're about done. Like, they're good. And so we as women, we already use twice as many words as you all use in any given day. And so we need to know when to approach a man, um, how to have communication healthily, both in sex and just in the relationship. We need to know when to fall back, when the you know, I, I'm just an old-fashioned girl. I believe that the, when the Bible said that God made man the head of the house and woman to help me, that that's what he meant. And so we as women need to stop trying to usurp man's authority and fall back. I love it. some dick. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's a double entendre. It's about putting something positive in your mouth. And, of course, for a man, you know, like praise and encouragement, but for a man, you know, that's the most important Because I, um, I see, you know, I'm feeding off of your book, and I'm going to write a book called uh, Eat Pussy, Get a Job. <laughs> well, I have the title. I've been waiting for a dude to write it. I don't know nothing about it. Now, I can write something dick crazy like that. It's called Lick Her Split So She Won't Quit. Uh, I just haven't found a dude yet. Yeah. Brian, Brian. He's going to call in. He got he to gotta do his, got to be right about it. Okay. Man. <laughs> stupid. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to holler at Brian. Talk to her more about this book right now, Mika. I'm going to holler at Brian for a second. So, well, so you um, came up with, how you doing? What did you say? You about yeah. to, huh? No, I'm listening. Go. Oh, so he came up with the concept. And you talked to the mm-hmm. pastor, and and and, and, and he, he, vouched for the, he vouched for the title. He said this is the title that you should roll with. Um, Actually, he was, you know, I mean, I've had, I think, two men tell me that they didn't like the title out of all the press I've been doing, out of everything, you know. So what man is not going to like the title, gay or or straight? I mean. 
<laughs> I think I, I think I really do think it. Uh, I think the title pokes out. Like I think it's, it's it's straight to the point. You know, I'm a recording artist, so I got a song. I got a song called "Make It Plain" that's gonna be on my new album. And and I think that I think that that's what females sometimes like. They like. They like cats that, you know, they're like men who keep who make it plain and just, you know, instead of beating her, you know, because you can save a lot of money making it plain. You you know, uh, you know, you might go on 100 dates before you find that she don't want to have sex with you. So you could have saved a lot of money to be like, man, I'm trying to get out. What's happening? You know what I mean? So it's like, Absolutely. I like the way, I like the way your, uh, your book is just straight to the straight to the point. Like, you know, nine times, nine times out of 10, like, I mean, I can't say nine times out of 10, but. You know, uh, a lot of women they fall back when they get when they get when they get married. You know, from the way that they were, like they might have been ferocious in the beginning, and then once they got comfortable, then they and they you know they they drop that that guard and they just said fuck it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and then the man's he's he's he hollered, he's seeing his partners, and they like, man, this chick, man, she she swallowed and whoop whoop whoop, and he like, man, like that, and you know he start getting nostalgic, and then he try to. He's trying to implement that with his broad, and she and she like, oh no, nah, I don't, mm mm, oh nah, and then you like, he like, oh see, and then after a while you get used to it, and then you know, cause men need that, you know, we we need that them endorphins to be, you know, to make us that 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 shit that make us start shaking, you know, we need to, we, that that's what keep our heart pumping and and all that. So, you know, I think you know that being said, with the title of your book, it's like. You know, the female is, is just as responsible for keeping up the, the male endorphins as as we are. We keep, you know, keeping a female uh, clitoris uh, popping. All right. And I think Absolutely. Uh, I got a question for you, Marlo. What kind of hateration are you getting from from <laughs> feminists? Because I know it's got to be crazy. You probably get hated it's on. It's not really feminist. But it's not really feminist. It's from the overly religious, the overzealous, the ones who can't point out to me chapter and verse in the Bible where God said that oral sex was bad. I'm still waiting on it. Right, so in the right. meantime, they can go take a seat. And really, y'all the ones that need to drop to your knees. And so, <laughs> and I got a pillow for them. It's called the Get Your Knees Dirty Pillow. We're in production of it. So, you know, um, those are really the hate. We're going to sell that, too, on our on our site. <laughs> yes, it's like two to five percent of people that I've run into. Um, typically, the women, like I say, I finally picked up my first two haters. Ironically, they were in Atlanta. Things that make you go, hmm. Oh. Right. You know, we had we had Elite Noel on the phone last week, and and we had some dude call in from from Atlanta talking all this crazy shit, you know, but and we, and we talked a little bit about them. We got a phone call on the line. Let's see who this is. 954, who is this? You're on the line with Soul Kids Radio. 954. Hello. Hi, if you're, hi, this is Brian. I'm, I'm on the other line. That's on, on, on my friend's phone. Oh, that's you, Brian. Okay. Yeah, because my phone's messed up. Okay, okay. You want Which one do you want to use? Okay, thank you. All right. <laughs> You're you're online now. Okay, you're online, Brian. Are you listening to the to to the name of this book, Brian? Did you hear? Her? Uh yeah, I I've, I've heard her, I've heard her briefly about it. Yeah, I'm still kind of listening. What about that? What about Suck the a, uh, the title? Suck a dick, save a marriage. That's enthusiasm. I can't, I can't say I can't say where I'm not going to say dirty stuff because uh, I'm in a car. But uh, 
That is a very, very interesting title. That's, I don't think that's necessarily uh, true all the time, but it could be, you know. I definitely think um, somebody who is good at dots uh, can possibly be good. <laughs> Maybe that's why people uh, think that's the other way. You know, I, I I don't know what to say. Hey. <laughs> Go ahead, Omizi. I like I like how she said I, I like how the title says "suck a dick" and not "some dick." Like nah, she, nah. she keeps it, she keeps it singularly, just you know, to to, to the one that you're affectionate to, not just go Absolutely. out there and handle it. You know that was <laughs> great because that brings me to to when I was when I was going through my marriage screening, my marriage counseling before we got married. And 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 uh and the and the pastor, Elder Elder Clark or the pastor that married, he said be be uh be be uh whatchamacallit to your own husband, not not everybody else's husband, but be be there with your own husband. So suck your own husband's dick and save that marriage. Don't suck another dick and ruin that marriage. That can happen too. Or, or try to get, or try to get practice, try to get practice somewhere else, because I don't want to be, I don't want, I don't want him to think I'm bad, and then he go want to leave me, so I had to get practice somewhere else first. <laughs> that's what women do. Dejan, you on the line? Yeah, what's that? So, are, are you learn, are you learning something? Are you learning some young buck to this? It's crazy because I just like I called in and you know I just started hearing all this. I'm like, where, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I well, then the book is so much book. more than than just that. You know, the book is so much more. It talks. It breaks down love. It breaks down the myths that we've been, the lies that we've been living in, and accepting what love really is as opposed to the truth of what love is. Um, it breaks down, like um, someone said earlier, about how women just kind of let it go after the marriage. And I'm like, why? You're never, you should never feel that comfortable to not look your best. Because when you look good, you feel good, and when you feel good, you do good. And so, whether you're feeling or looking good for yourself or for your mate, you should never stop. Like you should never turn into pump girl. Um, and then I also talk about healthy sex and healthy communication and sex. And so, you know, the book isn't just about sucking dick to say the marriage. As a matter of fact, I really don't even go into this book. I'm working on the next book, Sex, the Addendum, which will go more in detail on tips for dick sucking and all that. But this particular book is really foundational for healthy relationships and healthy sex lives. Right. So, can I, can I ask you a question? Of course you can. Go ahead. Um, you said that your book touches on, you know, what love is and that. Um, can I, I like, you know, you ask a lot of people, you know, what is really love, and they don't really have an answer. You know, you know, you know what love is when you're in it, but you know they they can't really word it. Like, could you uh, could you break down to me what your perception of love is? Yay! Yes, that's my actually that's my favorite chapter in my book, um, and I just come straight from the Word of God because that's all I know. To be the litmus test of what love truly is, which it talks about in 1 Corinthians 13, is patient, is kind, it's not jealous or, or envious, it's not rude or self-seeking, it always rejoices in the right, it doesn't dwell on the wrong, um, and it conquers all things. So just from that, like, I've been able, like, in my marriage, I was able to look at what was going on and say, okay, 
this is not indicative of what the Bible is saying that love is supposed to be. He's being rude to me. I was the butt end of every joke for him out in public and in, you know, I'll never forget one of his birthdays where he would, um, I was on my cycle, and he announced to everybody, well, you might as well say, because I'm not getting any. She's on her cycle tonight. Like, really? You know? Oh, or Right. Or he was very jealous. I, I couldn't go hardly anywhere. He was a fireman. He is a fireman. And, he, you know, I couldn't go anywhere. So there were all of these telltale signs that love was not really imminent there. It was not really the mainstay there. So, um People really need to understand that love is not an emotion. It's not all about the butterflies. It's more logical than it is emotional because if it stays emotional and when the the, the emotions wear off because life hits, then what? Yeah, I'll tell you what, because me and my wife, we we have a great relationship. I mean, we're we're like... We're we're out of that that puppy love shit. We're just like we're here for each other. We're here for the kids. We love each other. We 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 take care of our business when we have to take care of our business. But and nothing comes in between. In between, we do everything together, you know. And and I think we have a very healthy, we have a very healthy uh, bedroom life, and we have a very healthy out of the bedroom life, you know. So, you know, I. I can you even mind if I read this paragraph from it? Go ahead. It says, uh, this is talking about love junkie, and it says, people love love. They love the fresh smell, the emotional adrenaline rush, and the warm and fuzzy feeling that comes with love. They are in love with the emotions that come with being in love, not the substance of what love is or what it stands for. The fallacy is just like the new car smell. It eventually fades, as does the emotional high with love. Reality comes in the trials and tribulations that every relationship will endure, and true colors are revealed. The feeling of being in love fades, and as reality gnaws away at our life savings due to unemployment, it dissipates like the steam from a cup of hot, fresh coffee when work is stressing you out. It melts like a kiss in your hand when communication is ineffective. It disappears like a leaf in the wind when you feel like the only one trying. The feeling or emotional state of being in love will not always weather storms that come, but the true essence of what love is will conquer all things. Is Camacho cooking a meal? Yeah, no, no, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm cooking. Are you making? Are you making Thai ramen? Man, it's so kitchen, man. You know I gotta. You know I gotta do what I gotta do. Chopping some hot dogs. Are you chopping hot dogs in your in your Thai ramen? Man, I think I'm making love to myself tomorrow. Write the book. <laughs> hey, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking like. I'm thinking like like Christmas Christmas morning. Christmas morning. Everybody everybody juiced and uh, you know a lot of females start uh, ripping the page of this brand new book and they see that title and they and they they, they and and then looking at their spouse and he's looking at them like and she's like, are you trying to tell me something? And he's like, uh, I could see I, that book. I, I might want to read this. I could see that book coming out at a uh, in a in a uh, as a wedding gift. That's a perfect wedding Absolutely. gift. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, I have my own wine, so that's a perfect buffer. You know, you give the wine, you give the book. 
Yeah, that, that's one of my. Do you give? Are there any illustration no. pictures? In, uh, picture illustrations in it? I just there are in, pictures of myself. There are pictures of myself in the book, and those are um, just kind of it's you know kind of a how-to because it's a reflection type of a book. I have a lot of questions at the end of each chapter. So again, this book is not going to give all the sexual. Um, pictures and all of that stuff that a lot of people want because it's first things first. And the first thing we have to understand is what a healthy relationship and a foundation is built off of. Everybody wants to jump into sex. Everybody thinks they're doing something in sex. That's why I'm about to put this sex book out because some of y'all just ain't doing it right. And well, I like you to just go to the back of the book. Right, but as important <laughs> as sex is to the relationship, it's not the most important thing to the relationship. And so you have to understand that laying a good foundation, knowledge and understanding on healthy communication, knowledge and understanding on what love is, knowledge and understanding of it's not about you, and you're not the only person in the relationship. Those things are what's going to sustain a relationship so that when you do have sex, it is all the more pleasurable, it's all the more exciting, it's all the more um, just wonderful for everybody involved. <laughs> Can I can I ask you another question? Sure. Do you believe it's possible for an insecure chick to be in a good, healthy relationship? Or I'm sorry. What was that, Daisy? Do you believe it? Do you believe it's possible for an insecure female to be in a a good, healthy relationship? An insecure female can't have a, even have a healthy relationship with herself, let alone with another mm-hmm. person. That's true. Like, That's I had a guy approach me not too long ago, and he's six feet tall, and he was like, oh, well, um, I said, well, I wear six-inch heels. I'm five nine as it is, and so he was like, "Well, you can't wear three inch heels." Oops, that's red flag. You thank you for applying, but of course, because of what I do, I go on with the conversation, so I have more to blog about. But it was like you could hear the pouring out of insecurity. Then he was like, "Well, you know, wow, you do all that. It sounds like you need to be with a baller or somebody." Okay, that's red flag number two. You know, so that. And guess what? Out of those insecurities will lead to an abusive relationship. And one thing we do not credit enough, well, not that we really want to give credit, but one thing that we're not aware of enough is that women, I believe, are more abusive towards men than men are towards women. Because the verbal abuse that some women put men through, how we cut them to the bone, that was my issue. Cutting, I could cut you to the bone and you would just be left in shreds, but I ain't have to cut you out not one good time. And so yeah, but, we, like, but the ladies can make it up by uh, giving us head up, so I mean, it's okay. <laughs> right, but it's still not healthy, and that's my point. That's like, it's that's still not perpetuating positivity or health, you know. You're right. And so I, for a woman to cut her man out all the time is not healthy or respectful. Yeah, and I was going to add the thing that you said about sex and relationships. It's like... Sex and relationships, you don't want to, like, get married just for sex because it's like getting married just for sex is like buying a plane just for peanuts. You know, it's like you got to – there's so much more than just sex and the relationship. Right. Like I tell people all the time, dick come a dime a dozen. Like, you got to do something besides your 15 minutes of fame to sustain a relationship. Right, but a female – like a female – a female will uh, a female will put herself 
in an abusive relationship with a man because he has a because he has a long uh, penis, as opposed to getting uh, somebody who who is into physics, and, you know, and somebody that you know, like a, a geeky nerdy type dude that eventually becomes CEO of a of a computer company that has millions of dollars. See, she the, the female always has choice. But for some reason, some females would rather go for the sexual, long, dong, silver type dude as opposed <laughs> to the dude that was going to be CEO. So, you know, a lot of females, you know, they 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 pop that. But at the same time, you know, you know that's the same reason why they get they get they get beat up. Then they then they say, "Go take him to jail," and then, then he, 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 he fucked the shit out of her. He fucked the shit out of her. And I love him so much. Go make, make, make me some tacos. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm just saying it's like that psycho that like you know they get, but a female has a choice she can go get the, the geeky nerdy dude that got money or she can get the dude that talk, that that's gonna that, that's gonna dick her down but he gonna beat her up and if for some reason females like to choose a dude with the with the long don than the other dude what's up with that? Well, and on the same token, you see a lot of guys that choose the bitch over the nice girl, the girl that's talking crazy, yeah. you know, that's you know all of this and that. So, I mean, that plays a lot into the human psyche, and um, it could be what they're used to growing up with. There's just a lot of variables that can play into why somebody chooses that. But as I've grown older, I'm 34. I'll be 35 in August. I don't care how long it is. I, like I say, it, after your 15 minutes, what else can you contribute to the relationship? Because realistically, as much as I enjoy having sex and could do it two, three times a day every day, that's not necessarily realistic unless it's on the weekends. You know, right. and so, so, you, so would you it's pick like the, you after pick that, the, uh, you got to have more to contribute. You pick the so one you that, pick that, the geeky dude. Uh, Oh yes, I'm taking a book out of the uh, New York uh, New York Women's Housewives Guide of Choosing Men. You ever see? Um, I don't know. You guys probably don't watch Platinum Weddings, but you see Platinum Weddings on TV. These Barbie doll gorgeous women, white women, choosing these short, balding Jewish guys. They're not just choosing them for no reason. You know what I'm saying? Like we've got yeah, to get yeah, over yeah. what looks pretty in a package and get down to deeper things of. Okay, women's one of their first needs. Um, you know, we need to be supported. We need to know that the house is taken care of. We need all those things. So laying a pipe is great, but if you can't pay no bills, if we can't even go half on bills, then we're going to have some issues. <laughs> right. All right, everybody. Let's, 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 hold, let's, let's hold it right there for a second. Let's hold it right there for a second. Let's uh, – Let's rewind it. We're talking about Marlo Wright's book, Suck a Dick, Save a Marriage, available right now on soulkitchenradio.com. On the show page, click the link right there. Take you to Amazon. You go. You can purchase the book online. Or is it in Barnes & Nobles or anything else, Marlo? Borders.com. It was here in Borders in Dallas, but they have closed, you know, they've closed a lot of stores. So, But Borders.com, and you can go to Amazon. I'm sold out on my website. Um, New York wiped me out, so i got to replenish. Well, congratulations Whole on that. A lot of big sucking in New York. A whole lot of big sucking in New York. Yeah, New York. And it's all men buying every it in Atlanta. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm <laughs> home right now. Great <laughs> <laughs> love. Great love. What's up? What's, what's up, Wedding? What's happening, man? I'm in the building. Yeah, Great love in there, man. What's happening? Hey, wait, hey, I, I love the, uh, I love her book. I need to get that book. It's 
right there, available on SoulKitchenRadio.com. Go ahead and get it. Right next to your picture, right? It's Suck a Dick Saving Marriage. Click it. And then you... <laughs> hey, give it to a woman you love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Marlo, Marlo, before you go, I just want to say thank you for being on the show. Do you have a – are you on Twitter or Facebook? How, how, how I am. Get a... Yeah, you can get a hold of me to my, at my website, www.itsmarlowright.com. Also, Twitter is itsmarlowright, I-T-S-M-A-R-L-O-W-R-I-G-H-T, and Facebook, Marlowright. I have a fan okay. and a fan. A friend page, so. Okay, yeah. So Marlo, how how come you haven't you haven't followed me on Twitter? I haven't even been able to talk to you. You didn't get my Twitter. I, you know what? <laughs> I wear, I always get on my phone Twitter, and so I don't know how to work all these technological things. <laughs> there you go. You got, you got the right. gas face for that one. You should be following me and Omizi at Soul Kit Radio at Big Omizi. So. Okay. Okay, so it, it, it's on there for you. And uh, shout out to Bay Area Elite. She's out there listening. She's uh, she's been been on it. I gotta say thank she you. She's been, she been tweeting and everything. I've been seeing her tweets, man. Appreciate that. Man, thank you, Bay Area Elite. She's out there listening right now. So she's advertising. She's advertising Marlo. She's advertising Suck a Dick Saver Marriage right now on uh, on Twitter for you. I appreciate it. All right. Well, once again, thank you, Marlo. You can hang out if you want. We got a lot more going on. We got a whole another hour. We got Ray Love. We got Layla Steinberg coming up. Um, we got we got a great show. So you can hang on. You can stay in if you want, or you could you can hang up and listen online, or 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 follow the tweets. Whatever you want to do. Thank you. I'm gonna have to because I got an appointment to do too. So thank you so much for having me on. Okay, we'll see you later. Ray Love, we're getting to my baby What's up, man? What to do, man? What's up, man? Right. Oh, man, surviving the, surviving the game, man. Yeah, I know you got a whole lot of stuff going on out there. Um, oh, you yeah. know, Omizi is the uh, is the co-host right here. And, What's and, up with it? Hey, man, as soon as I found out you, as soon as I found out you was coming on, I I went on here and started googling all the little videos I seen the last night, the endo smoke, the definition of a hustler, man. I, that shit brought me all the way back to the '90s on that one. What hurt it? What hurt it? Yeah, man, that's <laughs> yeah. right. That's right. And you know, in me, in me, Ray, you know, I, I came at you on Twitter with, uh, I was, I, I decided I'm gonna go ahead and put some of my favorite times in the industry. And I gotta say, when when you and Maul used to come up, and I was your promoter up in SAC, and and we yeah, would go, yeah. we would hit the QZR, we would hit the the FM 102, we would hit my little. My little live. You remember my library radio station at Sac State? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we would do all cold that part stuff. About it, cold, cold part about it. I'm a fun guy, man. I like to do fun shit, man. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, when you work hard, man, you you supposed to have fun. Yeah, and I think that's what uh, that that's a big thing that that brought that that made you and Maul such such a tight crew. Between you two, I, every, everywhere I would go, I would see you and all together, and, you know, and and you guys kind of like like yin and yang, just just go right along, and and everybody be like, oh man, those dudes is just you guys are like brothers. One of we are brothers. Right, right. 
You know what I mean? We are brothers. You know what I mean? That's that's part of like, you know, I, I consider all my street fam like my real fam. You know what I mean? In a lot of situations, they've been realer than, you know what I mean, people who share blood with me. So, yeah, Marl is my brother. Doc is my brother. Mac Gray is my brother. You know what I mean? I love it, man. I love it. Dejan, so so Dejan, once again, we brought you. Dejan is my is my is my younger nephew. He's he's coming up in the game. He's with uh, a cat named Young Haiti, and he does a lot of stuff. And so you know, I like Dejan to come on. He's listening all the time. Also, Peter Parker five one zero. He's listening. He's a he's a uh, producer out of Fremont. So Dejan, you have anything you want to ask Ray Love before we get into his to what he's going on, what he got going on? Dejan. All right, so I did all that. Say it again. Wait, hold, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I heard an echo. Yeah, say it again, say it again, Dejan. All right. On your perception, what, do you, what would you say is the most rewarding part of the music industry? Uh, without, without a doubt, dealing directly with the people. You know what I mean? Like money come and go, cars come and go, your jewelry, all that, uh, uh, girls, or you know what I mean? Whatever that that come and go. But your connection with the little niggas in the street, man. All not really, not even just black people, but people from all over the world. This music it, it just took me to Europe. It just took me, you know, it got me where I'm, I'm constantly talking to people from Africa, from from Asia, from, you know what I mean? It's like, man, that is the power of what we do, is connecting with the whole planet to where everybody into what it is that you, trying to see what it is that you, you're doing, what's, what's life like for you, you know what I mean? That, that's got to be it. Ain't, ain't nothing even come close to a close second. I feel it. Yeah. So, uh, when, when you, uh, when you when you go to places like Europe and you know Africa and you talk to people out there and you know you know they know you and everything like how does that feel? Uh, it's, it's it's amazing. I'm a, I'm gonna be real with you. My my first uh, trip, my first time going to England, we was going out there to to teach the school really, and it was a school with kids from all over the world, uh, kids coming from like war torn countries. So we went out there, and my plan was I was in my school teacher mode because I do that sometimes. Like I got to talk to the class over there at Berkeley uh, um, a few times. I used to do it every year. So it was like kind of like right up my alley. But when I got out there, like in, in, in England, they treat us way better than we even get treated here at home in the Bay Area. They brought the number one radio station in the whole country came to me. You know what I mean? Did an interview and was, like, really open to what it is that we was doing, both on the community side as well as, you know what I mean, as far as the business. Whereas in the state, people was a little bit more preoccupied with, with what you do to earn rather than how you give back. Yeah. So uh, how you stay humble in the mix of all that? Uh, your fam fam. You know what I mean? You got you, you to gotta rock with your real family and what that means is, see, when you come, and I think everybody who ever made me money coming out the ghetto, one thing you learn fast is that with new money come new opportunities. You know what I mean? And if all your folks is broke, you might want to put yourself around people who got it like you. But to me, that's a mistake because the ones who broke with you, 
is the ones who really, really, really is personally vested in your individual success. You understand what I'm saying? When you say Ray Love, you're talking about 15 people that dedicated their life to making whatever I've done in my life up until this point happen. When you say Tupac, man, it's 20 people you ain't never heard of in your life that's dedicated, that made it happen, that kept it happening, and keep it lit. Yeah. So I mean, for, speaking for, of, for me, that's what that's humbling to me, man. The fact that I I I, I can't do it by myself. Hey, uh, Ray Love. Speaking of uh, Tupac, how, um, I think I seen you in like one documentary, but I know you came up with Tupac. How was that? How was he? As you know, saying coming up when when y'all was coming up. Uh, man, really, just just a quick backdrop story. It's like I was homeless uh, when I met Pac. And his mother, his house was, like, full of addicts, just like my house. But I was, like, firmly running the streets at that time. And we connected, and we started, we really connected over some music shit, but we had um, similar backgrounds. It was, like, very uncomfortable for him to go home. It was very uncomfortable for me to go home. So we started spending more and more time in the streets. We actually got the streets together, you know what I mean? Like, the gang came all at the same time. Uh, we had, like, some, some big homies that looked out for us. You know, niggas didn't really want us selling dope. They felt like we had too much uh, potential, too many things that, you know what I mean, we, where we could take it. And most of my big big homies was like, man, if I could rap, I'd be doing it. So y'all niggas do it. And, and that's kind of was the start of it. But Pac in the beginning, to me, was like, he was always my favorite rapper. He used to say I was his favorite rapper. And uh, <laughs> we would spar and challenge each other. Like, uh, pe- you know, people asked me about I'm the only person that ever wrote for Pop. But it was a mutual thing. He wrote for me, I wrote for him. It was the way studio sessions were done back in those days. We in Starlight Studio in Richmond. This is like late 80s, early 90s. This is pre-Tupacalypse Now. This is uh, before I ever released uh, Who Could Be Trusted or Get My Money On or any of that. And we in the studio yeah. and we just record. What's up? Yeah, because even even now, even now, like when I like when I listen when I listen to how you know saying to, to some of his patterns, y'all kind of y'all kind of got the same patterns, like the kind of same rhyme patterns. But that's probably well, from, we learned, from y'all being you know. Well, well, what it was was we we really learned how to rap together. It's like we was already rapping before we knew each other. But it wasn't to that to that next level. It's like we needed, like they say, steel sharpened steel. You feel me? It's like, right. man, it was that kind yeah. of situation. So so I would write, he would write, and we would do 12-hour, sometimes 24-hour studio sessions. He would write until he couldn't write no more and be like, right, take this shit over. I'll finish the verse. I'll finish the song, whatever the fuck, and vice versa. But what happened was is he actually used a lot of the shit for his first album I really wrote, like, you know, bits and pieces of maybe four songs on Tupacalypse now, but I only really get credit for one. It don't really make no difference. It was how we was doing it at the time, and it don't really matter because he put words in my mouth and I put words in his. So, I mean, it was just, it was like, it's, it's, it, it takes a lot of trust to trust somebody to put words in your mouth. You know what I mean? It's got to be somebody you said Tupac, you feel, Tupacalypse now? Tupacalypse now, yeah, I wrote, I no, wrote them on. Yeah. About four songs on the record. Yeah, that was my uh, that was one of my favorite albums. Which one? Which one did you write on? 
I like that I soldier story. You know, the, the soldier story, the, you know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah. you know, I like I like that Brenda's got a baby and uh, the uh, part-time yeah. mother. You know, I like that whole album, See, really, that whole album go to work. All those songs, all the songs you just named were Tupac exclusively. The Brenda's got a baby, the, the part-time mother, the, all that shit was like his out of his own personal diary, if you will, things that, that he felt that at the time wasn't popular. You feel me? Rappers wasn't really rapping about shit like that then. Even I wasn't rapping about those particular topics at the time. What I wrote, I wrote uh, Trap. I wrote uh, on Rebel That's my shit right there. That Trap is the shit. Yeah, that trap is the shit. Trap is one of my favorite jokes. Just because we play what the people yeah. want. That shit. And that, that's violent, but that, I know yeah. that's violent, but I was, that, that shit just popped in my head. But the, but the, the you know they got me trapped in the prison of seclusion, yeah. happiness living on the streets of delusion. Even a smooth criminal one day must get caught. Shut up and shot down. <laughs> you know, that's, 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 that's my shit right there. Right there. Even when you spit that, it kind of it sounds like like something that you would hear. Out of Ray Love's mouth. You know, that's what I was saying when I was going back. Right. When you I was going back to some of my mind, he got the same ooh out. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah Trap is a song I threw away. I actually, um, like, I have a whole collection of Tupac written pieces, like the, the, the book that they made, Rose That Grew From The Concrete, all, all of that stuff came out of my book. And Pac would leave hella little things to his folks. He would write poems and raps and stories and shit. And he'll write them in your rap book so that you would have them. And vice versa. Because we, at the time period, a lot of our folks was dying. And we had this, this mindset that, you know, life is not promised to you tomorrow. So we're going to do as much as we can do today. So we didn't know whichever one of us was going to die first. We made a pact that the other one would, care, would pick up the flag and run with the motherfucking ball, you know what I mean? And keep it going, keep what we believed in lit. And the irony of it is, is that when when Pac died, we had just got back, like, really talking again. There was a, a large span of time where, you know, this game is an ambition and why, game. And why was that? Why was that? Why was that? I'm going to tell you. What it is is that this game is a very, very ambitious game. And I think it was even more competitive then because it was less motherfuckers that was making it. And, and we ran into a situation where my, uh, my grandmother blessed me. I'm still in high school. Pac's still in high school. Uh, Digital Underground just blew up, did they platinum thing, you feel me, and they killing them. They had enough to, like, take niggas on the road and give, give little bits of money here and there to help, help us out. And uh, we had a deal with uh, TNT, the same label that Digital was on. And the reason why we signed with TNT was because Atron Gregory had been the role manager for for uh, NWA. We thought, you know, by fucking with him, we would be able to get a deal, you know, possibly with Ruthless type of shit. But we ended up on TNT, and we ended up, it ended up being like a, almost like a sucker's deal because we only signed for $5,000 a piece. You feel me? And, I mean, at the time, like I said, I'm still in high school. You know what I mean? Signed for 5000 and, yeah, and put out a record. That shit was good to me. In the but 90s? In the yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like 1989. This is like 89. Right. And, and uh, I, um, you know, it got to the point where we couldn't take care of ourselves. So the, the streets became even more attractive. The drug dealing at that time, it wasn't pimping or anything yet, but it was big drug dealing going on and, and uh, that we started leaning more towards that. So what happened was is Pop had an opportunity to go on the road and and um, 
and basically carry luggage for digital. Right. With the option of, of potentially being a backup dancer, which was a big deal. You got to understand, they just did Arsenio Hall and had Pac on there doing a Humpty dance with them. Now, niggas might, a lot of niggas I heard, you know, oh, man, Pac wasn't no, really no real nigga. He wasn't no street nigga. He Humpty danced. My nigga, we had no home. We had no food. And if a motherfucker finna pay you a thousand dollars a week, nigga, to Humpty dance, you out there. You know what I mean? Hey, my, hey, I'm gonna tell you the truth, nigga. My hoodest niggas was like, nigga, I'll Humpty dance, nigga. Let me go. Nigga, I wanna go to Japan. You know what I mean? Remember, everybody who remember that that Summer Jam, what was 1992 or 94 or whatever, you know, Pop was up there Humpty dancing with Money B. And we talked about that with Money B. On the phone. Yeah, yeah. See, here's the only difference, though. What the difference is, motherfuckers don't realize is that when we got finished hunting dancing, when we got finished doing, uh, we was we did the videos with Shock and where you know we got to hang out. We was going the fuck back to the ghetto. We was going back to nothing. Right. You know what I mean? So that gave you, that's what the incentive was. And what happened was, is his mother, you know what I mean, decided to go into rehab. She moved out the project. He had nowhere to go. You feel me? And he had an opportunity to go. And that was like, we had a lot of adults in the situation. Mind you, we 17 and 18 years old. And what happened was they broke up the group, but made it where they managed both of us, where they where we still was signed to everybody, but it was a divide and conquer type of situation. But the, right. even, after, even after we separated, I still worked on... Uh, I still work on Tupacalypse now. I still work like I was always a part of the show. And another thing people don't realize is when I came out with, with uh, damn, I hear an echo. Is that echo? No, it'd be doing that sometimes. It'd be doing that sometimes because we're on Okay, when I signed with Mac Dre and them and put out my first record, I was leaving away from my family to get down with Dre's family because Dre was like the first nigga from the 707 that ever made a name for me. When I was in high school, back Dre came out with his record. So I kind of wanted to do something independent so I would have my freedom. But with all the Tupac's group, Thug Life, the, before it was Thug Life, it was Underground Railroad. That's always been my family and my organization. My big my sister is the only girl that was ever in Thug Life. The man man who uh, rode with Pac all the way to death row. You know what I mean? These are the people that I came into the game with and the people I still get down with. What is that? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, make a long story short, it was like I was always a part of what Pop was doing and vice versa. We just didn't record together. It's just like me and Mac Maul. You know, we fast friends. We always together. We always talking to each other on the phone. So we probably only recorded three songs in the last three years. Right, right. But it don't matter you know because I mean? you guys are doing your own things. You know, we it's, rock it's, together. It's <laughs> rock together all the time. So it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, do you so, think that? Do you so think, this is what we're going to do, Ray. Ray, we're gonna do. Go ahead and because uh, we know you got a whole lot of stuff going on besides besides. And we could probably go into your history for the next three hours. But let's get into what, what you it? got. Let's, let's get into what you got going on right now. But I'm going to I'm going to flash us back because we're going back into history. I'm going to play that. Get my money on. I'm, I'm flashing us back to to uh, some to to, to to the Ray Love that 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 hit the radio and, and, and took you. Just like just like everywhere, this this one this one song was like 
to hit shit during the time. 100. 100. So we're going to hit that right this, now. Go ahead and hit yeah, Layla. Tell get my money out. Hit Layla. Tell her to give her, get, in, get on the line, and uh, we'll be right back at Soul Kitchen Radio. Hey, yo, hey, yo, what's good? It's your boy, Big Omizi, TGC, the great communicator. Sick with the lieutenant, sick with the deputy, the whole thing, man. And you tuned in to Soul Kitchen Radio. Yeah, yeah. But always you 
is at the level that he's at. The way I connected with him was that I've had my nonprofit, really that started in the day with you guys, but I've been in L.A. now for about 11 years, and I do a lot of work in the schools, the halls, the prisons. Same thing I've always done. But Deshaun, um, on his off-season, really wanted to make a difference to young people, and I actually teach at the school he went to in high school. So he contacted me and said, can we start, you know, doing some assemblies to address the bullying and the violence that's going on? I want to make a difference. So we started, the very first school we did was um, going back to his school, and then we decided to start building out a national campaign where he could really be a spokesperson and make a difference. And then on top of that, he started an entertainment company, Jackpot, which is, you know, my history. So we felt like we could really come together and do his entertainment company, his um, his movement with his foundation. He also has a pancreatic cancer foundation. He lost his father to pancreatic cancer. And um, this coming weekend is the gala in Philly. It's... Um, $250 a person, anybody want to donate, they could do that. He has a whole, you know, movement to end cancer and then make a difference to the youth. So I'm on the youth end and the, the entertainment company end. I called Ray, said, Ray, he's doing his football camp in the Bay. Why don't we extend the work we've been doing in L.A.? Can you help us? And here we are all on the phone together. Yeah, and, that's wonderful. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, when, when is that football camp? When, when – uh... And how do how do people get a hold of it? Is there a website they can sign up? Yeah, actually, well, oh, Ray can tell you, but I was going to tell you their website and sign up also. What were you going to say, Ray? Go ahead. Go ahead, Layla, tell them. They can go to the Sports Rhythm website, and they can sign up. But I'm sure that if um, there's an issue where someone doesn't have the whole amount or needs some help, there's some scholarships available, there's some funding that they'll work with. Deshaun doesn't want to turn anyone away. He really, um, even though he's from L.A., just like me, our starts in the Bay Area, you know, he went to Cal, that's where he got signed out of. I came from L.A. and really, you know, touched down in the Bay Area changed my life. So it's like we're both coming back there together. Right, right. That's Layla. What was that? What was that? Uh, what was that? That CD that we worked on, like the cement block. What was? You remember that? I couldn't hear you. What was what? Remember the remember the CD that we worked we worked on a long time ago. It was. Uh, what was that cement block or or wall or something? I I forgot what it was called. It was you did so much stuff for everybody out here. It was just crazy. And just talking to you, I just start flashing back into into all the different different projects that we had. Oh my God, there were so many. I don't know what you're talking about. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't either. But anyway, so so Ray, let's talk about uh about what you're doing. Um, Tell us more about this the football camp. Okay, well, basically my hand in it is that uh, Layla and I have been doing alternative intervention models, although this is like this is the newest name for it. We've been doing this for a while, man. Uh, we really kind of started in Layla Living Room with her, Pac, and myself. And we wanted to not just have a, have a voice but to also give a voice. So – when Layla called me about bringing it to the Bay Area, because we didn't have an established program here, we've been playing a lot of catch-up. We already had the dates that we wanted. We wanted to uh, set up some school assemblies.
opportunities to promote it and market it to the kids who need it the most. So we, we uh, schedule the date. He'll be here the 19th and 20th. Um, we will be trying to fit in other schools, but as of right now, we're doing a school in Oakland. Um, oh, man, the name is slipping me right now. That's terrible. I'm going to post it, and I'm going to give it to you, too, to post, okay. you know, so the kids know, like, with schools. But also, we'll be, uh, we'll be the press will be involved. We're going to be uh, doing a United uh, High School picnic for Oakland. Deshaun's going to be keynote speaking, you know what I mean? I might even rock a little bit or whatever. But really, we try to bridge that gap and bring Bay Area kids into these opportunities that have come to us, just turn around and offer to them. So I'm like the director of operations out here for the Bay Area chapter of AIM. And for all my rap folks, all my ball-playing folks that, you know what I mean, or just anybody in general from the Bay Area that want to donate their time to this program, this is not my program. This is the kids' program. You know what I mean? So uh, we're looking for all the help and support we can get. And we'll bring our program to your high school. You know what I mean? Bring some, bring some rappers, bring some ball players. But with the type of people that we work with is artists and, and athletes who have transformational biographies. For the most part, ones who came from nothing and built something, you know what I mean, and that's what we're trying to give back to the kids. And I, I can tell you that, uh, that you give me a you give me a, a time date and whatever, I'll be out there. I can help you guys coach and 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 be a, a speaker, a host, or whatever you, whatever you need, man. Because Soul Kitchen Radio, me personally, Rick Camacho, I love that stuff because you know I've coached I've coached for years and and anything that. That you guys got going on for the community, I'm I'm down with. Well, you need to plan to be there that day and um, <laughs> do some of the girls with us. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Yeah. I got. I got to say. You what? Yeah. I can hear you. I said all I got to do is get the date, and I'll talk to Ray about that one, and then we'll put it out on our show. Ray, isn't it the weekend of the 13th of June? Okay, the football camp, the actual camp is uh, June 10th, 11th, and 12th is the camp. Yeah, and then, uh, what's up? That's why I'm looking you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, the, uh, but, but Deshaun's going to be here early. We're talking to kids, and we're just going to be uh, hanging out, trying to go to as many high schools as possible, junior highs, you know what I mean, during the dates of the 19th and 20th of this month. You know what I mean? Also, people will be able to, uh, you know, look up information uh, on the, any of the Clear Channel websites, 94.9 KMEL. If you went to Rock Music Live 105, you know what I mean, they're all going to be posted in as well. Because what we're looking for, this is the opportunity really for, for our kids who don't have a lot of opportunities. And I would be nowhere. There would have never been a Tupac, a Mac Mall, or any of that if somebody didn't take the time, a little extra time out their life, you know what I mean, to kick it back to us. That's right. And so could we get, could you think, could we get Deshaun to call in and, and talk about it next week? I'm sure we Layla. can. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, good. Uh, if he wasn't on an airplane now, I would be um, trying to get him on this call. Yeah, that's fine. We can we can set up and we have Messy Marv next week, so he that'll be good. He'll he could. That's uh, hey, tell tell Marv I'm finna call in when he when he on the show. That's that's my dude right there. Yeah, he, he's on next week, so that's good. Yeah, man. I 
you guys are doing so much. Omizi, go ahead. I know you got something to say, and I'm just I'm just jumping on you. Uh, you know me. I me. I, you know I wanted to always because I always see uh, Layla and I always see Ray Love and. Um, in the documentary, I seen really. I seen. I think I seen Layla in a couple of old uh, uh, Tupac, um, you know, saying uh, videos and one as far as the biographies and whatnot. And I just want, like, I always wanted to find out, <clears throat> like, how he was, you know, saying how, you know, just how all y'all was interacting with each other when, 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 it, when y'all was coming up. And I always, I think Ray Love, you know, pretty much said it when, uh, basically. Uh, you know, when he went on the road with digital and, and, and y'all kept it pushing and you just, I was just trying to see the transformation, like the transition of when you, when you said, when you just started doing your thing and Pac, and, and Pac was doing his thing and, and how everybody just started moving, how come it didn't, how come it, at some point in time it never came back or was it just moving so fast that it, that it, it wasn't able to, to be, to be brought back. Cause I just feel like, uh, a, you know what I'm saying? Go ahead. Y'all, the way, if the way you, the way you, y'all, you know, the way y'all thinking, about giving back to the youth, if a lot of if a lot of rappers in the Bay was thinking that same way, it would be a lot easier for our kids to focus on trying to, you know, go to school and, and graduate and give back and 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 continue the cycle and br- actually break the cycle of what it is now. It's like you know, it's like a it's like damn near like a lose lose battle because you start losing so many kids. So it's like you know, it's because you know they don't want to listen to nobody for shit. So it's like if if you had somebody of that statue still alive and was able to go back, you know, to the bay and, and give back, it would be it would be so much big. So it's like I just I'm asking the questions from y'all, like, you know, why come y'all why do you think it wasn't able to be pulled back together? Well, well that, me, I'm gonna answer oh. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll talk to you. Okay, look, it, here's here's what what you gotta understand and I, I this will be easy for everybody to understand. You know, you a man, right? And even if you my man, you still a man. You got your own hopes, your own dreams, your own passions. You understand what I'm saying? Pac was doing his thing, but it was like at the same time I was doing my thing. Like my the the situation I had with strictly business records with Mac Dre was like ideal for what I wanted at the time. Yeah, it came with a little bit of money, but it wasn't really the money, it was the fact that I could do whatever I wanted to do. And at the same time, my brother is doing him. He's blowing up, you feel me? And he's going in one direction, and I'm going in the other. And the funny thing about life is we went through a lot of the same trials. We both went, uh, got sent to, to the penitentiary for some shit that we yeah, got sent to the penitentiary for some shit that we didn't do, but, but we was just young and loose like that. But, so we, we kind of was on a ping-pong type of thing. When he was in jail... I was, like, free and balling. And when, when he was out and balling, I was, like, in jail and down and going through shit. It's like, I don't know, maybe God, maybe God don't put all his eggs in one basket. But it wasn't never like that. Like, if you look at the people that I work with today, it's the very same people that I work with then. Uh, I'm talking about the core group, the Layla Steinbergs. I'm talking about, uh, like, uh, the ladies, people you don't even know about, like Tracy, uh, Tracy and Gobi, who did all the pop videos. There's people that's with us, my sister Yanni, you know what I mean, uh, uh, Man Man. You know, there's a lot of people that you never, ever heard their names in your life, and they are what makes this operation run. They always have been. They, that's why you hear Ray Love Records and all the shit I'm doing, they are directly tied to them and vice versa. So we had the same family. Even if you go to our New York family, Big Stretch, or you go to our L.A. family, Big Psych and all them, them is 
Them is all my people. You understand what I'm saying? The outlaws. They all my people. I talked to Napoleon just not too long ago, calling me from Saudi Arabia. We really is all the same thing. It's just everybody got other shit. We all we all are individuals. You feel me? And everybody wanna do their thing. And I can dig that. I respect it. Yeah, because I just it took to, it took to right now to twenty you know twenty eleven for me to find out that Ray Love had a big part to do with one of my favorite albums you know what I'm saying which we were talking about earlier to uh, to now so I'm just like you know I, if, I, it's a good thing that Soul Kitchen got you so that I can be like oh shit Ray Love that's that's my he was he was already my nigga now he really my nigga like you feel me one hundred one hundred Layla Layla comment. No, I was gonna say I think we have an obligation now that we are we're allowed and blessed enough to grow up and not have to die as young. We have an obligation to tell the truth. And what I um, would say, number one, is that there were a, a number of young people, myself included, that blew up very, very quickly, and none of us had guidance from parents that could help us because we didn't come from families other than Ray, but Ray, um, even though his grandfather is Cab Calloway, his family told him he couldn't be in the industry. So instead of guiding him and helping him do it right, they rejected him for wanting to do it. And then Pac and I came from political and um, families who dealt with crime and politics. My father was a juvenile offender who became a criminal defender, and my mother was an activist. So we both had some deep history in our families, but we stepped into the entertainment arena. And as artists stepping into entertainment and suddenly money coming super fast, none of us were equipped. And so the way we bring it full circle is exactly what we're doing now. There's a group of us that actually never forgot where we came from, who always intended to come back and affect lives and make a difference. And we're obligated to do so. And here I am now, my son, who um, just turned 12, whose father's from Oakland, I'm from L.A., just did his video this weekend. And Deshaun really wants to sign my son to his company. Well, now I have to say, my son could be a superstar. He is so talented. And people are coming at me already for him. And how am I going to do it differently? How did I learn from everything I went through with Tupac, Ray Love, Matt Mall? short and the list goes on so that my son can actually start out that much further ahead because I um, helped him learn the mistakes that he doesn't have to make. So um, I I think we made a a whole lot of mistakes and every one of us still here is accountable to that also. And it's not you. And it's not, and it's not just you. It's not just, it's not just you. It's not just Ray Love. I just, uh, I just was in, um, in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, just a couple of days, like it was a Friday, and I was out there with E-40, and we were, uh, it was like E-40, it was uh, Yo-Yo, it was the Outlaws, Be Legit, it was... Um, yeah, I heard about that. Like, it was a, it was Spice One, like Spice One, like it was a real, it was DJ Quick, like it was a big show, but I, I guarantee you everybody could, you know, from that era, you know, like the you know, 90s when it was, when but everybody was still clicked up, everybody was still, you know, working with each other, having fun with each other, but everybody still made mistakes and everybody now is 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 retrospective and introspective of what maybe they could have did differently. But I don't think a lot of people will regret what they did because it was everybody pretty much had a ball back then. I, to, from my eyes and what I've seen I seen like it seemed like everybody was having a ball back then and having fun. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it, it was amazing. It was it was a time period that we, we you know, dreamed of, but when it happened, it was, man, overpowering. You feel me? So a lot of, it was a lot of mistakes to be made by everybody on all fronts. But on the same hand, it's like how you start a thing, I, I always feel as though how you should finish it. And we started this thing off not just being about dollars and cents. It was about how we could change our environment. How our environment had an effect on us, and we wanted to have an effect back. So, I mean, it took us all this time. Like, we've been chipping away at it, but now it's starting to gain momentum because along with, with new successes, it's also shining a light on these issues that really matter to us. And tell a story, and tell a story the way it's the way it happened. Like that's I just want to know, I just want to know the truth. Just tell like the way it all the way happened. You know, and the way you broke it down earlier with the way, you know, he let, he went with digital, and you know, what I'm saying it's like fate. Everything happened for a reason. It was supposed to happen that way. But you know, yeah, one, thing I, yeah, one yeah. thing I know is that is that everybody stayed in the same umbrella because Layla was right there managing the whole situation, and. <laughs> You know, and so so Layla, she just kind of she just kind of just kind of like put up the umbrella and let everybody go do their thing. Is it, am I right, Layla? Well, I mean, you know what? Can I say? Go ahead, Layla. Go ahead. I wanted to oh. interject something too about what he just said, but you answer first. Go ahead. Go ahead. Interject. Right. Interject. Oh, yeah. Okay. So look, what I wanted to say was is this: you got to understand when Pac died, it left like a big vacuum. And a lot of people who, like I said, made made certain parts of, of him they like work. You feel me? I kind of got felt disconnected from from the the Tupac image. You feel me? So you got the family, you got all these different groups doing Tupac stuff, but the core, the the actual Tupac house is here with us for real. And the reason why I say that is because there was a plan. And everybody went to carrying it out. And after Pac died, those that didn't really know what the real plan was didn't all the way stick to it. Now we're we getting back together as, as all of us. We've been talking more than everybody talked maybe in, since he died. You feel me? Really to trying to do something substantial. And that's why the kids' programs, man, this, is the, this isn't a, a, a back burner situation. This is the tip of the spear. This is what it's about. I mean, we got other things going on. Like I said, you know, they're doing a Tupac movie, and, you know, we have new projects and new artists and all kind of things that we're doing, pushing the bay. We do a lot of different things. But the kids thing is the tip of the spear. That's what it's about. That's the point. Right, right. So, so Ray, what I was going to type pushing the bay, that PBTV, is that you? That, yeah, yeah. That, that's all you? Yeah, that, yeah, that's me and my partner, uh, Sean Todd. You know what I mean? Really, the idea for it was that we wanted to give rappers who we respected, who we liked, who we, who we know as factors in the rap game, we wanted to give them MTV quality sit-down interviews, in-depth interviews, where you really get to know people that the streets really want to see. You understand what I'm saying? So we wanted to shine a light on them and give you behind-the-scenes stories that you've never seen or you've never heard before. You know, we're about to come out with a whole new line of, videos, we want to um, do a whole, like, documentary on, like, Cool Nut, because a lot of the young cats don't realize these are the dudes that gave us the game. If you love and respect Tupac, you need to understand the people that, that facilitated that. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the shock G's of the world that don't all the time get the credit they deserve that really put it down in the beginning, even the Layla Steinberg. 
people, I, I can't say enough about Layla because she she gave us everything. You know what I mean? She she opened up the entire business to us and the game. And while she gave us the business, she also she also gave us uh you know how to help our people and give back. And that's valuable. I don't think we do that enough. I, I definitely haven't no, been true. as effective as as it as I am, you know, trying to be right now. I got a sixteen year old son, so that that gives me a different perspective. Now he's the young nigga like I was. What kind of environment do you want? So yeah. Go ahead, Layla. <laughs> I was just listening to you thinking they're gonna think I'm paying you to say that stuff. <laughs> 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 oh. No, that's that's what's up, man. I, you know what I wanted to do too is talk about the movie a little bit. We you know, we we working out a situation with Morgan Creek to try to help them get this movie done. Everything's not all worked out yet. It still appears to be very early in the in the process. But uh I, I think that uh I think that they're trying to do a really good movie. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm, my faith is high that, you know, finally people are going to get to see a side of pocket. You know, for the most part, we only know. You know what I mean? Or very few of us know. So, yeah, so Layla, let me ask you a question about the movie. What's up with that little that, that uh, Mexican dude that's, that's on your Facebook that looks like Pac? He, like, live his life looking like Tupac. There's one from Florida who kills me. He um, goes to impersonator schools and everything. And, you know, I got love for anyone who loves Puck, but, you know, there's like, in order to deliver on this role, it's not an impersonating or acting. Like, you probably really have to embody that spirit. And so you, know what the, you know what? There's one thing that be tripping me out, like all these – all these cats that, cause I, you know, when the last time I seen I seen a documentary with Pac when he went to when he went to prison and he was like, man, everybody when they go to prison, when they, they say, oh man, Pac went to prison, man, he finna be writing his ass off. He said, man, I didn't write shit. He's like, man, he was like, man, all you, he was like, all them people that glorify prison, man, he was like, man, it is not the spot, it is not the place to be, and everybody's supposed to be so heavy on the Pac and they don't listen to that part of the game where he's like, man. Jail is not where it's at. I wish more people would listen to that part and be like, man, it's not cool to be locked up, you know what I'm saying, trying to get stripes. Right. You know right. what? You know what? I wish I wish more people understood what, like, I wish more record companies, especially independent record companies, because they're a little closer to the artist. I wish they knew what real um, um, A&R was about. See, what Layla did was she was like, yeah, I'm going to plug you up with all the record business that I got, but check this out. Go check out my library. Let me expand your mind so you're able to perform and talk to anybody in the world. So you can go to Africa and talk to Africans, not speaking their language, speaking English, but, but where you can express yourself and realize that you're connected to all these people. When, when I make records now, when I first was making records, I was only talking to my neighborhood, for real. i got to be honest with you. I was just trying to get the niggas in my neighborhood to be juiced. Then as I got a little bit older, it was about, okay, I'm, I'm talking to the Bay. You know what I mean? I'm talking to the Bay. But now think about this. People who listen to my records, or, or especially now with the Internet, the people who listen to my records is, is calling from Africa and from Germany. So now when I make records, i got to consider that. 
that there's people all over the world that want to hear this story. It's a uh, young dude by the name of Cabo Outlaw. He's the only white member of the Outlaws, from what I understand. He uh, came out here from Ireland, right? He was going to kill himself. And uh, he caught one of the documentaries we was doing on pot on MTV and decided he wasn't going to kill himself. He was going to sell his stuff and come to California and find us. And he did. You understand what I'm saying? It's like when you got people that's doing that from all over the world, it's bigger than a rap record. Yeah, real rap, tough. As a rapper, as a rapper, you can play out. But if you was a factor like that, if you was a factor with people, you can never play out because you're relevant now. You know what I mean? More relevant than a song. A song, yeah, man, I might remember it when I get old. But it's like, man, what Ali did, Tupac did make us proud to be us. Man, that shit is giant, and it go everywhere. Man, that shit is pan, African, Asian, everything. Yeah, that's that's real talk. That's good stuff. Yeah, so that that's so. When when can we? Do they have a? Did they already uh, cast somebody for that Tupac role, Layla? No, and I don't nope. see. I don't see it happening too quick. I still think they're gonna have to really. It's gonna be some serious study and work. You can't just be a lookalike or impersonator. That was my whole point I was getting at. It's not about what you look like. It's that spiritual connection to the content and to the voice, and and that's going to be hard to come by. I'll be hard to please. I love everybody for keeping him alive. I love everyone who's impersonating him. But, um, man. Hey, Layla, I just seen on Twitter the other day, um, people was, they were talking about Soldier Boy wants to remake remake Juice and play Pac and Juice. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I, I guess I can't. They say, uh, what is it, that, that uh, emulation is the highest form of flattery or some shit? Yeah. Look, man, I, I respect the fact that so many people, like, you know, uh, in a sense, want to embody what Pac had. I don't think they really want to be Pac because being dude was very, very difficult. It was very painful. You feel me? That's why he said things like, don't shed a tear for me. Mom, I'm not happy here. You feel me? He wanted to change the world real fast because he was not happy here like that. Most people who who, who want to be Pac don't have the qualifications. Pac felt that, you know, everybody's pain he would keep pulling to himself and express through himself and put it in the music. You feel me? That's why so many people feel like they know dude, because, damn, he was singing to me. But really, he was channeling his own pain and, and pulling other people's pain in with his, and that's that's what it really was about for him, was getting to the root of that. What is the root of all this shit, man? Why is things so fucked up? You let, know, me tell you something that, let me tell you something that is so hilarious to me. You know, back in the day, after after I did my uh, my music stuff, I started my Baytown video, and and one day we was out. I think it was like early ninety, ninety eight, ninety nine, something like that. There was this dude. He must have been forty five years old, and he came over to my house, and he won, and he and he had the little the little handkerchief to the side, and he really thought he was Tupac. I was like, and then and then my my wife, she walked up to him, she goes, hey. Hey, you remind me of somebody. And and he was like, Oh yeah. Everybody always say I look like Tupac. And it was hella funny because I was like, This dude is a fool, man. And he, 
he he tried talking like Tupac, had a little tattoo on his stomach and everything. Oh, you so. know what the thing is? I I I don't care if you want to be like Tupac, read. Right. Tupac was was a voracious reader. Hey, I've never seen anybody read books as fast or as thoroughly, and and not just read them, but understand them enough to challenge the premise of the book. You understand what I'm saying? He he wanted to argue about about whether Jesus really, you know, died and was resurrected, he would have these crazy conversations at 17 years old. You know what right. I mean? When most people were thinking about other shit at 17. You know what I mean? That, that, it's like, man, you, it's, not, it's not one of them kind of things where you even, look, Pac himself would tell you, you don't want to be like him. You want to be like you. You, right. you just want to be the very best you. Be you shamelessly. Don't get really don't not don't don't just walk around like you don't give a fuck about nothing and think that oh yeah I'm being like Pop Pop gave a fuck about a lot of shit he, he matter of fact he cared maybe a little too much and that's what drives you crazy that's what drives you to the edge <clears throat> you know and, and a lot of that kind of reminds me of uh, of that Eminem song Stan that kind of that kind of touches that too how that dude wanted to be just like how Eminem's songs were. And Eminem was like, "What the hell? You know that's that's not me. That's just me writing, you know." And it it kind of it right. kind of goes on the same part. But look, look, guys, I want to tell y'all, man, I gotta wrap it up. I actually got a studio session to uh, to I gotta run out here and go to. Um, but is it y'all got any more questions? What what um, you want to know? Yeah, we appreciate you coming, man. Appreciate yeah, you being on the show, homie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Hey Ray, Ray, you make sure you yeah. get us some uh some drops. I got you. Yeah. So I got you, I got you. Definitely. Layla, can we uh can can we can we put Deshaun Jackson on the on the list for next week so we can talk more about uh about the football camp? Yeah, I just need to know I've got a coordinate schedule with him, but he absolutely will do it. Um what are you looking at the same day next week, next Monday? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, every Monday we go live, 11 to 1, every Monday. Let me talk to him today and make sure we can do 11. The only thing is he may be on a plane coming back from Philly. But um, the following Monday he'll be with me. So um, if I get his plane and flight schedule, I'll let you know before the end of today. So if, is, this um, your, is this your number right here, Layla? Yep, you got it. Lock me in. Okay, I'm going to lock you in and then I'll, then I'll talk to you about it. I'll call you and we'll see if we can if we can work that out. Okay. He'll definitely do it and lots of any way possible for you and then turn on your contact. Are you are you like on the go right now? No, that's Ray, that's not me. That's oh. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that was Ray. That that was Ray, okay. I put him on hold. Okay, that's uh, me calling on the other line, Layla. Huh? That's me calling on the other line. I'm calling you on your other line right now. Oh, the one I hung up on? I was like, who's trying to call me? Yeah, 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 that was me. So just lock that number in. I'll call you later and we'll talk about it. Okay. I missed you when I was in L.A. I missed you when I was in L.A. last week. Sorry. Well, we're going to catch up. I'm going to start being in the Bay a whole bunch, too. Where are you now? I'm in Pittsburgh. Okay, that's what's up. That's where Maul is, too. Oh, he does? Yeah. I, I've Maul even seen Maul. Yeah, 
I haven't even seen him. I just talked to him on, on Twitter a second ago, and he tweeted me back. I told him to call in, but he didn't. Oh, tell him he should have been on with me and Ray. That's whack. Hey, and uh, Kevy Kev to the top on Twitter said, you're an awesome human being. Um, tell her I said what's up from the 801. Shout out from Young Prod and Kevy Kev. They, they, uh, Hi, give them my love. Tell them follow me on Twitter, too. <laughs> Are you on Twitter, Layla? Yeah, my daughter made me. Most of the time she does it, but I'm going to start doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so so what uh come on, what's your Twitter? What's your Twitter account? Oh, it's just me, just Layla Steinberg and at the mic sessions, which is my workshop. And my Facebook is just Layla Steinberg. Okay, cool. All right. Well Layla, thank you for me. All right. Uh, um, oh, wait a minute. I I wanna introduce you to my to my young nephew, he's on the line still. Uh Dejan, did you learn something today? This is his, his weekly. This is his weekly industry session. Dejan, you're on the phone with Layla Steinberg. Say hi. What's happening? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Did, did we bore you or were we all right? Can I ask you something? Oh, um, I'm first here. time, first time I ever seen you was in a Tupac documentary, and um, you know they was talking about. Pac was talking about how uh, him and, you know, his boys used to stay over at your house. I wanted to know, and I, I was thinking, like, you know, this, this is, uh, I don't want to sound, I, I was just thinking, you know, how was that to be around, you know, Pac and, you know, all those characters and, you know, you was just, you know, just chilling with them. I mean, when they were at my house, they weren't who they are to the world now. So it was really different. It's like the being with the group of people I grew up with. So it's like thinking about who your seven closest friends are and you know, whatever it is that you do together, if you play ball, if you, you want to be math scientists or teachers or artists, you do that with the people that you grow up with and love. So that was just my circle, you know. And now all of a sudden they're like, major to the world. So what's even weirder is watching them make movies and films and and everywhere you go, people identify me with Tupac and don't know half of who I am or what I've done in my life. I just become like this, um, oh, you were the whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, but, you know, there's a whole lot more. So So, so what would you say your role was? Say that again? I said, how, what would you say that your role was? My role? Um, if that's if that's what you would put it, like, because you said they don't know half of what you, you've done. Oh, no, I'm just saying, you know, in my life and my work and, and my journey, people just identify me and you know first and foremost I'm a mother and a grandmother and I think that I was a mother to all of the young people that I grew up with even though I wasn't much older than them maybe because my mom left me when I was young it made me want to be like a mother to everyone and I think that that's how I was as a friend, always trying to take care of everyone. I had a lot of vision. What I learned in my time with Tupac is to never talk to anybody that has negative attitude or tells us what we can't do. 
because him and me both shared something, and it was just that nobody could stop us. No one could tell us, no, we could conquer the world. And I think that the, the drive and the passion that we had for our dreams is what people understand, and that nobody could stop them. And, and that was just, you know, what kept us going. But, you know, just in terms of my work and my life, most of my life I've been committed to working in the juvenile halls and prisons and really ending this cycle of incarcerating young people. And I have an artist that I work with who has a line in his song. It says, slavery was not abolished, it was polished with the prison industry. And a lot of my life work has been stopping the industry of incarceration. And... um and that's really what Tupac wanted also. That's something we shared. So here I am, 20, 30 years later, still working in these um, jail cells and helping our young people understand their hearts and their pockets. You know, we have to learn how to make a living so we don't have to take it. And um, that's just really where a lot of my work is and my commitment. And then working with sports and athletes, you know, I'm excited about the work I'm doing with Deshaun Jackson now. That's awesome. He's an amazing young man. Yeah, that's and great. Also, huh? I said that, that everything you're doing is so is so wonderful. And, and uh, you know, you're a great person. You are a very a great inspiration to me to get me in the business and help me when I was a young cat trying to come up, you know, and get me Thank into you. We're no. working hard too, yeah, man. We, <laughs> we did a lot of hard work. Back. You know, I'm, I'm I'm hooked up with Say So again now too. With who? With Say So. You remember Say So? Huh? Say wow. So. Yeah. Yep, I do. Yep, I'm hooked That's up with Say So again. I'm gonna I'm gonna start pushing some of his music. Omizi, you got something to say before you go? I know you gotta go. No, nah, I've been I've been seeing Layla I've been seeing Layla you know for a long time and she always been keeping it positive and always keeping it pushing and I'm I'm glad she helping the youth because you know you know a lot of the youth that's where they going they going straight to the to the you know penitentiary and they messing their life up so they need somebody that's gonna go in there and uh, motivate them and tell them that you know they can get out and they can they can you know they can fix themselves and they can make something out of themselves. Because without that, they're going to just keep, you know, the cycle, like she was talking about, you, you're just going to keep going in and, and coming out and going in and coming out until either you get killed or you just, you know, finally realize it. But by then, it, it's too late. So I'm just, you know, I'm just happy she's still out there wiggling and keeping it cracking. Glad we got a chance to talk to uh, Ray Love and, and see that, you know, everybody's still keeping it uh, keeping it together. That's awesome. Well, Layla, thank you for calling in. And uh, and I'll be calling you later on during the week, and we'll we'll organize the thing with Deshaun Jackson, and then you know I'll put a I'll put a picture of him and the and the link directly to his site on on our website soulkitchenradio.com. So if people want to keep up what's going on with that with that whole organization, um, they could do it through us too. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you, guys. Okay, you're welcome. And that's the end of our show for now. And then so. So we're going to keep in touch, Layla, definitely, you know. Thank you, guys. Okay. Thank you. And we'll see you later. We'll talk, talk to you guys later. Next week, it's on. It's in Soul Kitchen Radio, baby. Follow us on Twitter, at Soul Kit Radio, at Big O'Measy. 
Dejan don't have nothing, and he he's a regular now, but that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all great, man. Dejan, you like that? Good show? Man, that was nice. That was nice. No, Uncle Rick always hey, cool. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, yeah. come on, show. There go. Who was your, who, who was your conspiracy theory about the whole uh, – about the N- the NBA and and who you thought was going to be in the finals? Oh yeah, yeah. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the sweep today. What you know? what, didn't you say the Lakers and and who else you say? I, I was saying the Lakers and the Heat. Is the Heat out of it now? Too? Well, the Lakers is out of it. That's what, so I was like, they go back conspiracy theory. That's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, that that one's a wrap. I, they they kind of put it down on so so much for that. Okay. <laughs> That was funny. Oh. So if Brian kept calling in, Brian wants to talk so much about it that that we might have a, we might do we might do like a maybe a one hour show tomorrow with Brian just so he can. <laughs> <laughs> he kept calling me, me now and texting me and all kinds of shit. So I told him I told him maybe we'll try to put something together tomorrow for him. So everybody, oh. listen, I'll let you know if we if we have a show. Okay. Wow. But that was a great show, man. Yeah, yeah, that was Next big. week. Next week we got Messi Marv. And then after that we're gonna have No. We're gonna have No N O E. No, that guy that we that we listened to earlier. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have him next week. So hold on. And that's it. And that's it. It's a wrap. We're gone. All right, Pierre.